Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. Yes, we are back, everybody. Uh, with me this week is Jim. How are you, Jim? Uh, no, Jim. Um, Blake? Hey, mate. How are you, Richard? Long oh. time no podcast for me. I know. How are you, mate? How's oh, things? Good. Oh, look, they've been better. Um, they've I hear been you... Better. Um, I hear you've hurt your ankle after uh, sidestepping your way to uh, uh, a try under the post with the last play of the game. Is that correct? It was. It was something like that. Um, it was, well, no, it was chasing my toddler. But I tell you what, you, you pay for rugby once you're a little bit older, don't you? All of these injuries catching up with you once you retire. Um, so just, to, just to confirm, it was tripping over your Toddler, yes? It was, but I, I must admit, I, I've done the injury 45 times playing rugby or Oztag or training for rugby or some iteration of touch football. Um, so it's been, it's been a long time coming. Um, I tell you what, though, it has um, increased my respect for players and their ability to bounce back from an injury. Um, it sucks, man. It's pretty full on. Um, and then just you turn into a slob because everything is so hard to do. Do you know what? It's not only, uh, th- yes, I agree with that sentiment about turning into a slob and not wanting to do much exercise because you can't and then it becomes hard. But what the thing that impresses me is not only what the, the players have to put up, put their body through, but you're right, it's how quickly they return from injury, the amount of support they must get from this physio, strength and conditioning work before and after. They must do it. They must do it, right? I go Just, to the physio and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that. It's not happening, champion. They must, like, get it done. Hey, do you not know think that they're being watched Big Brother-esque style? Like, we own you. You know, you, you're part of our club. You, you cost us a lot of money. You're doing that session right now. And I couldn't even imagine the mental health aspect of it, mm. how tough it would be knowing you're on huge cash, uh, knowing this club signed you, knowing someone else wants your position, knowing you've got a contract coming up and just sitting on the sidelines eating cheesecake. It must be so. It's a part of the game that to us it's like, oh, they're injured, they're not playing. That sucks. Push on. But you often forget the toll it must take on the player. Yeah, you know what? Let's get a strength and conditioning person on one week, Richard. What do you reckon? Oh, that'd be awesome. And you know what? Talking about the mental health, I think that's a big thing actually because, you know, as athletes, it's all about structure and all about being in the changing room. And when that's taken away from you, because even when you do your rehab, you go to the training center and you go to a completely another section. You're not part of that everyday training. So you're absolutely right. That mental health. Uh, and then the, the rugby put the fucking high vis on you and make you go out there and do speaking things. I saw yeah. Lockie Swinton spoke in the stadium. Man, that must suck balls. <laughs> yeah, I know. I could act- you're a rugby player and I get out and tell us about this new Nike deal. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, awesome. Can I go now? Yeah, no, Lockie. Keep talking, please. Yeah, Keep no. talking. Don't punch anyone, Lockie. Lockie, put your shoulder down. What are you doing? Yeah, no, it'd be horrible. Yeah, he's the, he's the journalist, mate. Why are you hitting him? Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, talking about uh, things that were uh, impressive, uh, did you see any of the sevens this week down at uh, down in Vancouver or up in Vancouver? Uh, the uh, the Aussies did well, obviously, this weekend, So, which was really good, and, and Argentina. Um, obviously, winning their very first sevens competition. So, kudos to the uh, to, to Argentina this week at, at Vancouver. But the funniest thing was when I was turning forty, which is next year, I had this idea that I was going to go to the Vancouver Sevens. Um, definitely not going to happen now, unfortunately. Oh, definitely not going to happen unless there's someone out there who wants to send us. No. Yeah, send us, send us. That sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, but the Sevens have been really good, obviously, uh, with the Singapore Sevens as well uh, and the Vancouver one. The Aussies have been looking really good at the moment, right? 
they have been looking sensational. I'm not going to lie, Richard. I've, I've just copped it, seen it through the social media sphere. But this looks like the the best Australian team I've seen in absolute years. Mm. Um, it's it's all coming together nicely. Um, it's it's a really pleasing pleasing thing to see. And I, and I noted the other day when I was watching Super Rugby and they had tries of the round, um, and almost every player involved in one of those tries was a former sevens player, whether mm. it was a Kiwi or Australian. And it's just so clear of um, what a valuable pathway it is for some positions in the rugby field. Um, so, I don't know, it's exciting, mate. I'd love us to have a good program, especially with um, Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, all of those things coming to Australia. Um, oh, absolutely. I think just to be on your point, I think it's it pretty much every position because I understand a, a, no disrespect. Type to pop, five, let's uh, be honest. Uh, well, I, I would say, I was just to say, other than the type five, they're just not going to be quick enough. But anywhere from that, the skills that you learn about offload and finding space and utilising it, that's the big thing, is super valuable. You know, you think back to those Kiwi players, even Liam Squire, who wasn't the most dynamic because he bolted up, you know, to play six for the All Blacks. He was an awesome, like, uh, sevens player. So I agree. The skills that you can learn from that about finding space and um, and, and exploiting it is so important. So excited for Australia and and, uh, and to do so well. Um, all right, Richard. Well, I, I caught all of the rugby on the weekend, as you can imagine, sitting on the couch doing nothing else but watching rugby and scrolling through rugby social media. Mm. I'm I'm here and excited to talk rugby. Um, but I just thought, should we, we chat a bit of rugby news? Because I, yeah. I don't know about everyone else, but I've, I had a bit of that mid-season fatigue. Um, I think New Zealand playing Kiwi sides, Australia playing Australian sides. I reckon about two weeks ago, I got a bit over it. Like I knew the script, right? Other than the Brumbies Reds, every other game, I, I tell you right now, who's going to win? Uh, like it's 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 a no brainer in the Australian competition. It's so clear the latter. Um, so I just got a bit bored, um, and there were no crowds. There wasn't that much atmosphere. So don't get me wrong, I still watched everything, but I, I'm dying for this Super Rugby round. Uh, I'm dying for the Kiwis and the Australian teams to play each other. Um, and I was actually quite excited with the amount of rugby news that just exploded in the last two weeks to, to keep me energised. So mm. where, where do you want to start talking? Should we, should we start with Tom Banks? I think first of all, million before, dollar man? before we get to the million dollar man, just to echo your thoughts, I think uh, we just need to take a step about to say that it was a bit predictable, but I love the fact that the Waratahs have become very predictable in their winning way. So we'll, we'll, we'll hop back to that later on. But yes. We, we um, will get to the Tars. They're, they're um, a good little team at the moment. Yeah, the wonderful Waratahs or the terrific Tars as we're going to, you know, talk about them, I'm sure. But yeah, go back to the Um The million dollar man, eh? I don't want to be rude, but is he really worth it? Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It was one of those we took him for granted type moments. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we just thought we had him forever um, so we could shit on him. We could come on here and not give him a number because he wasn't that good. Um, it's a scary It's a scary narrative for me because if they want Tom Banks, we're fucked. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just... That's a lot of money to be able to put put to aside because, like, could you imagine what you could do with that with that money if it wasn't auto vested in that one player? No? Yeah, you say that, but mate, they're all going. This is mm. what scares me, right? Like, it's um, I, I saw someone had tweeted it out and look, I don't know the stats, Richard. You're the stats man, but there were thirteen players in the last twelve months from the Sydney Uni twenty three that have mm. now taken contracts overseas. 
Mm. Like what a hole does that leave in club rugby? And then you just look around Australia, you've got Angus Scott Young going over to the UK and he's got British parent or a grandmother or something, so he doesn't count as a foreign player. Um, and, you know, it's a possibility to qualify. You look at, you know, a Mac, uh, what's his name, over killing it over an island on the sting over there. Um, we, we just can't keep him. And it's not the top-line players. I'm sure we'll talk about Tupo in a moment and his negotiation. It, it's kind of clear that we do have money for six or seven superstars. Um, but that's, a, that's the it's, phraseology. It's, it's the 20 superstars. to 40 that we can't afford. Mm. And, and it, because of it, our Super Rugby is an under-23s competition. But uh, I just want to go back to a word that you uh, that used. The operative word you said is superstar. So I'm sorry to harp on this. Is he a superstar? Is he worth that money? That's, that's what I'm going to back to. Yeah, I th- I, honestly, I think he's probably underrated if you look at what he's done at the Brumbies. It's because he's never delivered internationally. Yeah. Um, and, and and let's be honest, we, we don't like to say his name. He's like Voldemort and we all despise him. But it's kind of like, you know, when Shane Warne retired, you didn't want to be the next leg spinner. No. When, it, when Israel Folau left Australian rugby, it was a tough gig to be the Australian fullback. Every mm. second play we had was second man play to the fullback. Um, and Tom Banks is a very different footballer mm. to Israel Folau. And, um, big boots to fill. And I just want to make one thing clear. From a Tom, from Tom Banks' point of view, I would absolutely be thinking about oh, taking that money. Because, think. See ya. Who yeah. Wrote? Absolutely. You know, playing over in Japan, you can see um, how all the players have loved playing over there, the development in their in their game whilst they're going there. You know, 1.4 million a season, you know, you know, nearly $3 million. $3 million. Of course you jump at it. Um, and in terms of the squad depth of Wallabies and, and Super Rugby, we need him to stay here. But uh, it's just, just a lot of money. But it's not our money. It's a Japanese company's money who's throwing it out there. So yeah, I'm I Tom Banks. See ya. I, yeah. I'd go in a heartbeat. I don't want to play in Canberra in front of three people. But I, I guess it just, for me, it belies a bigger problem. You know, you look at Simone, you look at Banks, you look at Angus Scott Young, uh, and that's off the top of my head. They are prime players that are, you know, Australia A quality. Yeah. Um, who super rugby teams rely on to exist. Mm. Otherwise, they're, they're a forever developing squad. Mm. Um, look at our teams. Look at the average age, mate. The kids, yeah. all of the Australian <laughs> super rugby teams. You there's, could argue. There's no more workhorses. Ar- Every 27, 28-year-old's playing overseas. Yeah, you could argue the fact is that it's so young. It allows you to build together and maybe. I know you don't want to learn. Just to leave, though. And- yeah, no, true. That's that's the problem, right? There's there's mm. no hope of keeping them. Um, so the Tom Banks one for me is, um, I'm Tom Banks. See you later. I think it's oh, yeah. a loss for the Brumbies if he does go, um, but they'll be okay. You know, they mm. got Mo- they just got Mog back. They've got Crichton coming through. They'll be okay. Mm. Um, they won't be as good, but they'll be okay. The Wallabies. Um, you know, I don't think he's the bloke you bring back on the Giddo clause or the Karevi clause or whatever it is. No. Um, they might lose something, but they'll definitely be okay as well. Um, but I think mm. it's it's what it speaks to as a bigger problem um, mm. that, that I find a little bit concerning. You know what? Mm. It's not what the biggest problem for me, and I'm sorry to change tact, is I don't think it's as big of a problem as what the Rugby Australia and Brad Thorne seem to be airing their dirty laundry in the very public way at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about that at the moment? Um, oh, mate, it's going to be pure speculation because I don't have a clue what's what doing. Do but that's what we do, and I love it. So I think it's one of two things, right? It's either um, one, which is I think what every rugby fan wants to believe. Uh, petty journalists scrounging up 
bitchy stories to whinge about rugby. Nothing to see here. Maybe someone in the ARU doesn't like Brad Thorne. Um, all's well. Um, I wish journalists weren't so nag about rugby. I hope that's the case. You know, he's a really good coach. He's built a squad. Um, he's got really good player retention. He's kept them together. Um, I think that's what we want to believe. Um, the, the, the other version is, yeah, we kind of heard some version of this for the last couple of the years. Mm. Maybe this guy is a bit of a dick. Like maybe he is his way or the highway, um, and that's why he didn't mesh with any, you know, any of his experienced players. Carmichael Hunt, Quade Cooper, James Slipper, they all got their orders to piss off. Maybe that's why Vinavalo doesn't want to be there. Maybe that's why Tom and Thor wants to leave. Uh, maybe he doesn't mesh well with the big players, the superstars. Um, and maybe he doesn't do what Australian rugby tell him to do in terms of will you try this player in this position? Will you give this player this many minutes? Will you rest so-and-so? I don't know, mate. I'm just speculating, but I worry where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, mm. and, and, I, and I think when you look at squad Queensland have, they're probably underdeveloping, underperforming, sorry, not underdeveloping. Development looks great. They're probably underperforming. And I know Reds fans don't want to hear this, but... If James O'Connor's having a special meeting, broker between the players and Thorne, if it's true, if, if Tong and Thor is sniffing around elsewhere, is something going on up there in the strongest club in Australian rugby right now? What do you reckon, Richard? I think, um, I, to build on your point, I think there, there has to be something going on because, as I say, there's no smoke without fire. And, and I think whatever it is, we'll never, ever get to the root of the problem. But I feel like he has, and this is purely uh, conjecturous, as always, is the fact that he's like seems to come across as like a father figure, building those young players up. He wants to put his arms around them and, and grow them into a player. And then they, they reach a point where they need another type of, of leadership role to be able to take them to that next level. And it's that bit where... You can't treat everyone the same. It's just impossible. You have to bend the rules for your superstars because your superstars are the ones that win you the game. You do, mate. We hate it, eh? Like, as, yeah. as we've coached teams where you'd never pick a player who doesn't show up to training and everyone gets the same amount of minutes and it's all fair mm-hmm. until it's 14 all and the kid who didn't show up on Thursday, you know, is yeah. the best player. Yeah, and then, he, and then he goes and wins the game for you. Yeah, so yeah. I think... And, uh, and I think also, it, it, and so that's that's one pro- that's one of my points. So the second point is, I think that he wants that job. He wants to be Wallaby coach, and I feel like he doesn't meet the mould of the of, of what the Wallabies want right now. And there, there seems to be a succession plan in place that Dan McKellar's going to get that job because you know he's, he's come in, he's doing well with the Brumbies, then he's the defence coach, and then he, there's a progression on. And potentially, he's he feels like he's not getting a, a fair you know, crack of the whip or, you know, run in the go. And so, therefore, he's, he's throwing his toys out a little bit out of the prime. Now, I could be you know completely what? wrong in both those statements. The wallaby job part of it interests me less in terms of a media story um, because, mm. shut up, we just hired Dave Rennie. He's barely had five <laughs> minutes in the job. We've got a, a World mm. Cup and a Lions tour coming. Um, at the moment, everyone's swinging from Rennie's nuts. Let's just, everyone oh. just fucking chill. Um, I, I don't, I don't mm. understand why that's the story or anyone cares. Um, the story is should McKellar keep his position mm. as the forwards coach given his favouritism to the Brumbies? Um, so the, the, the Wallaby coaching part of it, that does feel like a media beat up to me. Um, but the James mm. O'Connor needing to broker between players, the Vinavalu not happy, the Tom and Thor not happy, 
the you know obviously Carmichael Hunt, Cloyd Cooper, James Slipper not happy. Oh. Um, the Reds probably underperforming given their talents. Um, they're the the ones that concern me more. I hope it's a media beat up. Um, Can I ask? So if if it is, and this is the last thing, and let's talk before we move on to something else. If it's not, what is the loss to Queensland if Brad Thorne says, you know what, I'm leaving? What is the loss? I don't know. It feels to me he's halfway through a project. Mm. And and you want to see it complete. You know, he's kept a good player retention. He's kept a good squad. They're winning games of rugby. But the, um, project, the, but the project, to use your phraseology, the project requires you to be able to um, keep hold of your superstars, to keep hold of your high-tariff players, which potentially is not occurring. So is he ever going to finish his project? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see this story play out. Mm. I really genuinely hope that there's no truth behind it. It's, it's mm. just it's just a it's just a beat up. But uh, but I think I'm with you. I speculate he comes off like the you know the strict teacher who when you, the players are 18, 19, 20, they need that. Mm. Once they're twenty five and they've got seventy super rugby caps and they're a million dollars a year, need a bit of autonomy probably. Yeah, completely. A bit of ownership of. Mm. The culture, the direction, but you know that is obviously, obviously pure speculation. Right, oh, definitely. <laughs> but it's just what it looks like from the outside. So obviously, there's many more people in the know. But um, yeah, it's ugly. It's mm. ugly. Like if what's yeah. uh, what what's not ugly? Did you see uh, what, what were your thoughts about Fakedi signing on for two years for uh, for the Tars? Excited by that? Um, yeah, I mean, because he's the type of bloke that historically. He's in that category of Simone, Angus Scott Young, mm. that normally walk away. And I think um, the Tars need to keep this squad together. Um, mm. They clearly need um, one or two second rowers. They clearly yeah. need a wing and a fullback. Um, but other than that, it's a pretty good little squad they've got together now. But does it excite you the fact that actually it might be the most settled, in inverted commas, um, centre partnership in Australia? Yeah, I, look, I think Parise is just dynamite and I think the yeah. fact that they've got a front row right now, like they haven't had a front row since Al Baxter um, and I think that's making all the difference at the Tars. Yeah. Um, their problem is how do you sort out when you've got 55 good back rowers and 55 good fly halves? Um, what's your combination? How does How does that play out? Yeah, so for me, I actually, I know there'd be people out there that disagree with this, but I've actually liked uh, Harrison at 15. I like that extra. He, he's not a natural 15 at the moment, but I, I've liked him there. As a, uh, he's got a, obviously a good kicking game on him, not as good as Donaldson, clearly, but he's got better hands. Um, and I think his positioning will improve. So I'd like Harrison there. Edmund um, and Donaldson, uh, to use your phraseology, they're both good, but I don't think either... We've seen Donaldson. Is he ever going to be outstanding? Probably not. So is it time to give Edmund a bit of a longer run? Possibly. I don't know, mate. I don't think either's had enough time at the crease. I think I like mm. Donaldson more. Mm. Um, I just, Edmund, the, my worries there, and I know his contract's coming up, is um, mm. long kicking game seems to be like the worst days of Bernard Foley. Clears it about 15 metres. Um, <laughs> and then also... Um, doesn't love the contact. I, I I've met a few ten or twelves that also don't like the contact. Do you know of any by any chance? 
I can't think of any, but um, oh, okay. <laughs> I understand. I understand where he's coming from, but he doesn't seem to love it. Uh, look, it, it's an interesting dynamic playing out there. Well, speaking of news stories, the big, the big smoke and mirrors is Tupac. Oh. Um, which is, I, you know, whispers of the force. I think that was pure, pure speculation, um, but funny nonetheless. Whispers of the force having the money to get Tupo. Um, they've obviously got Fango from the Brumbies, which has been quite interesting combo. Um, big talk of Japan. Um, I think at the very least there'd be sabbatical talk, um, but you could only fathom the money he could get in Europe as well. Um, and then the quotes coming out from him were sort of along the lines of, I've been here for seven years. I wouldn't mind something else. Do you know what? i tell you right now, this is my prediction right now, completely unfounded, obviously. Uh, we are now over a year and a bit away, for a year and a half away from a World Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, at the end of that World Cup in 2023, if he is still fit, he will not play for the Wallabies after that World Cup. For the Wallabies or for Super Rugby? Oh, no, he will, he will go and play um, in Japan. And I reckon there'll be issues along the way in terms of release times of when it is. Like, for example, so he'll play for the Wallabies, yes, but I just think he won't play as much for it. Well, I'll hold your argument up entirely in Super Rugby. Hmm. I don't reckon he's playing Super Rugby here in... When's the World Cup? 2023. I don't think he's playing Super Rugby here in 2024. No. Uh, but I reckon he's, he is the Gravy Clause. He is, yeah. He's literally the reason it was written. Um, but then I just think, I mean, this is the this is sort of the crux of where we're coming back to. Is the product in Australia Super Rugby or is the product just the Wallabies? Because if the product is Super Rugby and, and you want to go back to 15, 20, God forbid, 40,000 fans at a Super Rugby game, um, if you want to have people tuning in on the free-to-air and demanding that they get Stan um, so they can watch Super Rugby, it is essential that Tenilla Tupo is playing. Okay. And then to be brutally honest with you now, the product and the, the product is and the product will always be the Wallabies. So it's just diehards watching the Super Rugby. Yeah, because the fact of the matter is, if you look at the games that are successful in this country, the different codes, should I say, NRL, only there's, there's one New Zealand team, but there is a number of, other Australian teams that all compete against each other, set of tribalism. Okay, you look at the AFL, you are all Australian teams. Okay, you look at the uh, the football, which has even got uh, uh, obviously large numbers. There's only one Kiwi team, majority of they are all Australian teams. Okay, and so therefore, it's always competitive. You're always competing against like for like, there's no disparity between it. Okay, um, then you look at the Super Rugby, and there is a huge disparity. And we'll get to the it's quality. Like cricket. It's like cricket. It's basically yeah. Sheffield Shield and the Australian cricket at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, the average Joe does not want to run, does not want to log in or sign up for a, a force Reds game, which has no impact on them, you know, or definitely not a force versus Chiefs game because they, they don't watch the Chiefs get uh, um, hammer them. So, Unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, is the Wallabies is the product which you need to build. And that is yeah. what it's all built towards. And I'm not, not necessarily disagreeing with that. I guess the point I was making, though, if you see it differently and, and you know, you dream of the heyday of Super Rugby coming back, Tupo is who we built this game around. The guy mm. is an absolute rock star in terms yeah. of personality, charisma, body shape, branding, and just he's the best fucking footballer in the country. By so far. He's carried the Reds this year. Yeah, Take definitely. 
How do you like that, Reds fans? If you um, if you wanted a better product, you'd suck up and again, I understand the ridiculous nature of this state this statement, but you'd suck off New Zealand. And you'd create your own tournament and you'd start with five and then you'd go grow to six and seven and eight teams and you'd start off with a draft at the beginning and split all the teams out and you make it a true product with no care about where the Wallabies were going. That's what the product is that you'd want, but that's never going to happen. So the product will always be the Wallabies. Yeah, and I think if you did that, then it's no big loss if they go overseas. Mm, Correct. Because... Oh, well, you know what I mean? We're not playing freaks here. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're digressing a bit, but but I just think um, Australian rugby, do whatever. Start a GoFundMe page to keep <laughs> Kenny Lutupo playing his rugby in this country. I reckon Reds fans yeah. pay too to keep him up there in Queensland. Um, no, absolutely. And I don't know where the force rumour came from, but fuck it, I'll push it on. I heard it's a, mm-hmm. it's a lock. I heard it's a lock. Twiggy's got some secret Tupo money going. Man, he's got lots of money going. Um, last one in terms of news, by the way. Uh, obviously, Vunuvalo has been uh, it's missing because of obviously injury. And he came out obviously this saying that uh, he's definitely going to turn his back on the NRL. He said this before, and is a complete lock to try and chase down his World Cup dream. Is that what he said? Um, yeah. So, um, so do you think and this is a real question? Do you think with Corabete on one wing, do you actually think? There's space for Bunavalo in a rugby union team for both of them to be the flying wingers in a, in a Wallaby team. you got a Fijian bias here, Richard. No, I'm saying in terms of like kicking game, to be honest with you, and positional play. That's what I'm talking about. Um, short answer, yes, there is room. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you'd got to have good coaching. You've got to have a good 10 and a good 15 and a good halfback. Mm. Um, to cover a lot of those positions um, because they do have deficiencies there. Uh, But I think the sport has changed enough that players aren't sort of traditionally spotted and located around the world, Mm. uh, around the field. Uh, And I think when you look around the world, the fact that almost every single team now has a Fijian winger. um, Or Or a 10 defending in the wrong place. Yeah, um, they're just exceptional athletes, mate. And and I think Corabetti's, what, twice John Eels medalist, uh, kept the Rebels competitive for a bunch of years, speaks for himself, his talent, um, and Vunavalo, and just what Corabetti achieved in rugby league. Uh, Vunavalo, what he did in rugby league, um, and and I, I know some people don't want to hear it, but the brief minutes I've seen him on the rugby field, the boat's a freak. Mm. It's exceptional on the weekend. I think James O'Connor's uh, phraseology was weapon. Yeah. And I think that's a very, uh, very nice segue to to the rugby this weekend because there was some serious weapons at play in a lot of these games. Yes, there was some great rugby on the weekend, wasn't there? Absolutely. And and look, I think it would be remiss of us. You know, we always start at the bottom, uh, but I feel like we need to start at the top this week. And the only reason why I want to start at the top is I want to pay homage to Moana Pacifica again. Obviously, they played twice this week, got smashed twice this week. But I just... Just feel it. They are going. It's a tough week for them to to play the Canes on a Tuesday and then back it up with the Chiefs on a Saturday. You know, I, I feel like we need to pay uh, pay some uh, a bit more respect to them and to say kudos to them. They, they they're doing it a bit tough at the moment, but you know, the bottom. You know, of the I was going to say because I watched both of those games being couch bound um, mm-hmm. all week. 
Um, my read of it, yeah, absolutely. They are they are being forged in fire this season, those poor mm. bastards. Um, but honestly, my impressions of watching them is the scorelines are not a fair reflection. No, um, definitely it not. It very much reminds me of Australia Super Rugby last year. Genuinely mm. competitive for 55, 60 minutes um, and then the wheels come off um, or just a dumb counter-attacking kick um, or, you know, in a blitzkrieg moment where Moana looked like they're going to score, they turn it over and all of a sudden they're under their own posts. Um, you know, the real victims of, of Kiwi Super Rugby, it looked like to me. So I think they're, they're better than these scorelines reflect. And I almost tweeted before the score got silly against the Chiefs, I think uh, Australian teams could be in some trouble against Moana. Mm. We said that um, a couple of weeks ago. I agree with that. But I think the one thing is, and I agree, they uh, they seem to lose points in clumps. You know, if you look at that Hurricanes, you know, game, they lost, what, 28 points in like 16 minutes. If you look at the Chiefs game, you know, as you say, they, they, they conceded, what was it, 20-odd points again in, in similar minutes. They just, as soon as the tide turns a little bit, uh, as you say, with those Kiwi, those Kiwi teams, it's hard to, to uh, start uh, stop it when it starts going. Uh, but you're right. If you look at the big picture, the Pacifica are not as not that far away. So, uh, But, yeah, they're, they're taking it hard at the moment. Yeah, they, they have copped it, but I think they're better than they seem. Um, an absolute belter of a game. I was glued to this one. Uh, Crusaders v Blues. Um, you know, this shit comes around once out a decade, the Crusaders losing in Christchurch. Mm. Um, I think a huge, huge moment for the Blues um, and, and one of the best examples about everything good with rugby. Um, I really enjoyed this one. The, the only, and look, you know I'm, I'm going to touch it because I have to. No, do you know what? You, you don't. Rickard's a you, fuck, mate. You don't, you, you know. You do realise you don't have to, yeah? No, but I just feel like it ruined the narrative for me of the Blues beating the Crusaders. Uh, I, I just feel like I understand the point you're making, but unfortunately, Scott Barrett has previous, and unfortunately, um, the way that he uh, he approached that situation, I don't think he has any anything to... Um, um, to complain about, really, and I think he just needs to be better. But what I don't want to complain, what I think we should be talking about, is that Rico Ioani try saving tackle. Oh, phenomenal. What a tackle that was. Just George ask. That was, I was going to say, you in your heyday, no? You on the Southern Districts field, you know, running across, making that last ditch tackle. No? Oh, Richard, I don't like to remind everyone of that glory. Oh, uh-huh. Because that's how you first did your ankle, yes? It is, it is. And one of those try-saving moments just like that. Um, <laughs> oh, just brilliant. And that, for me, that scream sevens, mm. that ability to make a read and just bolt to the objective um, mm. and get the job done. Um, mm-hmm. No, freakish. Mate, the Crusaders were pounding that door down in the last 10 minutes and the Blues yeah. wanted that win. I thought they were going to blow it. Mm. Uh, no, it's complete. That the, the heart that they showed, and I think we also need. We we've mentioned a few back rowers recently, but I feel like uh, Papa Lihi has oh, he's on uh, fire, has, wasn't he? Yeah, was has, has been. We haven't mentioned him enough. He was outstanding. You know, his ball carrying, um, just his work rate, unbelievable. Got to be in the Kiwi um, back row, doesn't he? I was just got about to, to say that where he goes. Where he goes in that team, because obviously he played seven, so you could play sub air at seven or play sub air at eight. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the makeup of that back row is, but you're right, because 
even the gym's favourite player and uh, Solowetu at the Chiefs, he's also having an outstanding season too. So that that, that those that six you start that seven with and Papa eight and Adi Savia, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that game, by the way, just uh, was everything we love about the game of rugby in terms of like you know attack versus defence. That's such a cliche, but one holding out. Um, in those, those last few throws of the game, such drama, but quality of the, the handling and the, the skill sets was just unbelievable. So and the only other game. mention I want to have on that one is is Bowden Barrett. The king has returned to collect his throne mm. from Richie Moanga. Yes, he has. <laughs> he just reminded that he is the premier fly half in Kiwi rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a belter of a game. Uh, you know, the, the as the old adage says, the cream always rises to the top, and he definitely rose to the to the challenge and rose to the occasion this week. So um, outstanding. So Bowden Barrett, welcome back. Not that he was ever, and I hope by the way he continues to play at that level. He's having a lot of concussion issues at the moment, so hope he continues to play. And uh, when he when they come over this weekend for Super Round, he'll he'll, he'll play. Um, my next comment, mate, it sounds lazy and I fucking hate these tweets and I hate this commentary that, oh, the Australian conference after watching the Kiwi one, it's not even worth watching. And it feels lazy, right? We should be better than that. But this is one weekend. This is one night of rugby. I have never felt it so clearly in my bones. That Crusaders-Blues games was the intensity of a test match. The Rebels-Reds was fanless, actionless, and I'm just going to be frank here, the quality was shit. Like just kicking the ball out on the full, dropping the ball, slowness to get up off the ground. It was probably the first time, like normally, right, when you watch Kiwi rugby and you watch Australian rugby, because you're watching them in isolation, um, it all looks much the same. Do you know what I mean? It, but oh, it's yeah. kind of like when you watch the A-League and the Premier League, you're like, oh, right, I get it. Everything they do is slow and th- mm. they miss some of their corners and, like, some of their crosses go to no one. That doesn't happen in the Premier League. Um, this <laughs> felt like that. Just for the record, to build on your point, and I agree with it exactly. Normally I would, but I watched my team play this weekend and um, they didn't have a shot on target the entire 90 minutes. <laughs> so uh, maybe watching the A-League would have been better. Uh, but yeah, everything just looks slower. The decision-making takes longer. Uh, missed tackles, execution. You're absolutely right. Um, and even Pattaya, right, I, who I think is the I next. Think the, Sorry, you go. I think the issue was it was exacerbated this weekend because both both of the, the ends of the spectrum were accentuated. So next week, if you watch a Kiwi game, the quality won't be at the same level as the Crusaders Blues. So that, that moves slightly back to the middle and you would hope the quality of the Rebels uh, Reds game will be better. So that the, the disparity between them is not as big of a chasm as what it seemed this week. Yeah, I, However, I think this week... I, I think you're spot on, right? I think it is a, a, an exaggeration of, of the issue. Um, I think you're spot on there, and, and it was just sort of personified this weekend. Um, but mm. but I guess my buts are, um, it's just the, the mistakes. Like even a Pattaya, who I think is the Michael Jordan, the next coming in Australian rugby, kicks it out on the full. Like, they just don't do that in the Kiwi games. Like, with no pressure on at a nothing point of the game, those mistakes just aren't made. Um, and it, it it's like they hold themselves to a higher standard. Now, I could be reading into it here, but did you see Stephen Moore travelled with the Reds 
Um, I mm. thought that was pretty cool. They were so short on hookers, but Stephen Moore was a possibility of getting a game time. But I think it was more Brad Thorne bringing in a bit of, you know, a bit of a mentor figure. I think it was really cool. Uh, but they spoke to him. I think it was at half time. You can tell I didn't leave the couch this weekend. Um, they spoke to him. I think it was at half time. <laughs> And he said, I got all the front rowers together last night and just spoke about, um, you know, some of the things that he could contribute, like the mental game. Like, what do you do the day before the game? What do you do the night before the game? What do you do the day of the game? Um, And, you know, it took me a while to get that right. And he had this real stern look. And reading between the lines, because we love a speculation, it was almost Mm. as if he was sort of insinuating that, they're not doing that work. Mm. Like they're in there because they're physical specimens. They're, you know, there's not that many players competing for those contracts. They probably walked into the contract out of school, were fast-tracked to Super Rugby because everyone's left, haven't had to do their grafting club rugby, so sort of have taken it for granted getting it to that Mm. level. So, like, the impression I got is, you know, they're playing PlayStation the night before and they're staying up and they're mucking around, whereas Moore was sort of saying that, you know, he was there thinking about throwing it in, doing the visual prep, the mental prep, and I'm probably reading into it, but it was I just had this moment of, like, it sounds like cliche old man shit, but I had this moment, like, the next generation, because it's so easy, there's so many super rugby spots and everyone gets a contract overseas, are they just playing? Whereas I think in New Zealand, they are doing that work. Mm. And, you know, if you kick it out in the full, you're fucking kicking yourself next Wednesday. I'm going to stay back and do extras. I can't be doing that. It's interesting, though. It, it, there always needs to be, in every successful team, there needs to be a player who is the extension of the coach on the, on the field. So if you look to choose across another sports example, you look at the Phoenix Suns right now, who's the number one record in the, in the NBA. Before they were not very good, okay, and they had a number of really young players. Devin Booker, who put on, who was on Twitter all the time, showing that he was playing on PlayStation, was an outstanding player, but just not locked in. Then they acquired a player called Chris Paul, who's very old. He's still younger than I, um, in his late thirties, and he was an extension of the coach. And now they're the number one team. They've gone from like the bottom to the top because they've now bought into this culture, this ethos that you do extras, you shoot the ball more, and you collectively. The issue is in rugby is the fact, is you're right, that when you have experience and you need to be that leader or that extension of the coach, you go overseas. Mm. And that's that's the problem. So how do you keep the, how you keep that person is very, very, very difficult. Um, but hopefully someone, you know, bucks the trend and stays. But we shit on those people that stay because they're obviously not as good. But, you know, maybe it's someone who does... Um, you know, make, create the change. So when Tupo does leave, because he will leave, then maybe someone who's the journeyman, to use a, a phrase I don't like, maybe he is the one who comes on and makes a difference. And they actually... But, but I hate to be harsh. It's rarely the journeyman that has enough clout. No. You're true. It's, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every team's it's got kind of, the, Yeah. I don't know. And look, it's, it's pure speculation, but I got that feeling like, yeah, New Zealand I are at too. a higher standard because yeah. they hold themselves to a higher standard. Um, and yeah, we mm-hmm. maybe we do that in the gym and on the stats, but are we doing it in, in the mental part of the game and all the other parts? Pure speculation. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's talk rugby real quickly. Yeah. Um, I thought Vinavalo had a huge return, he looked great. I thought McDermott yep. looked great. I thought Mick Wright, um, Hooper's gonna have to play the house down to keep his Wallaby seven right now. Mick Wright yep. was the best player on the park. Um, and I'm loving all the strings to Paisami's bow. Um, yep. 
he's impressing the pants off me. Uh, Tamua, we shit on him, rightfully so. I think he had his best game mm-hmm. um, that he's had all season. Um, and then the other thing I'd say about the Rebels is, is just maybe, maybe we're not giving them enough credit and they really do drag the other teams into this style of game. Because almost mm. every Rebels game we report on, we talk about how shit the standard was and how crappy a game it was. Maybe that's the Rebels' secret weapon. Oh, just get just get it into an arm wrestle. Are you yeah, right? Yeah, look, they've got a couple of wins now and, and they, they took the top of the comp close. So maybe we're not giving them the respect they deserve. Mm. And, and their previous statements are null and void because mm. the Rebels can do an arm wrestle. I'm not sure. And you know what, by the way, we have to say, we, I think you've mentioned uh, Matt Phillip before. He had a good game. You know, not forget his try. I'm not including that, but just, just pure car- number of carries and, uh, and and workload. I think, you know, Phillip's building into his season as well. And, and needs to. Mm. Um, and, and needs to. Um, all right, we'll jump here over quickly. I think we, we touched Moana Pacifica. Chiefs dusted them in the next one. Yeah. Highlanders, Hurricanes, another belter with probably try of the absolute season uh, when the Highlanders got over after that Adi Savia Pilfer. Mm-hmm. Um, this one shocked me. I kind of slept on this one. I was only watching it with one eye because I just thought the Canes would um, gutter stomp them. Um, but it was an awesome game of rugby as well. Um, and uh, the Geordie Barrett experiment at 12 interests me. With Leonard Brown out for the season, um, I think that 12 jersey for the All Blacks will be interesting um, between maybe Geordie Barrett and Harvili. I don't know, put it out there, and I'm happy to be proved wrong several times at international level. I think it's super rugby level. I think having him at, at inside centre is a great play. I just don't like that option at at, at, uh, at international level. I still like the idea of having that uh, uh, that playmaker a little bit wider, or your second playmaker at fifteen, like Geordie coming and joining the line. Um, I think uh, I think the All Blacks uh, will still put that as well. Even having him on the wing and having Barrett at fifteen, um, I think there's there's better options in that midfield at the moment. But what I do want your opinion on is Aaron Smith came out again, um, questioning the referee, which. You know, normally you'd see it on the, you know, on the pitch, but he's been very vocal in the press as well. What were your thoughts? Richard, he was bitching about a card. I loved it. <laughs> I thought you might. What do you reckon? What do you reckon I thought? Um, I thought oh, you were frothing. Yeah, we always come back to it, right? Rugby's better than that. We don't do that shit. I think we're in a, a tricky, ugly, messy spot with these cards at the moment. Um, and I think we've got to get to a better place. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mind his comments whatsoever. And I think when it's someone like Aaron Smith, so highly regarded, um, it obviously has to carry some weight. Uh, but I know mm. people just write Kiwi rugby off as just grubs who love a high tackle anyway. So probably mm. no one will listen to him. Yeah, one thing I did want to say about cards, I'm sure you want to hear this, is I actually read the, um, the framework from World Rugby. You know, when you look at the little chart, um, yep. I, I totally agree with it. The framework's great. Um, but it's the, the first question was, was there foul play? And then um, and then it's no, well, then nothing. Yeah, but the problem is... It, and, and it's, it's just, just like, oh, okay. Yeah, but... Just want to say, yeah, anything's foul play. Yeah, but I the think if we just got that one right, I agree with the rest of it. Yeah, but the problem is, is that we don't play rugby on paper. The framework is outstanding, but unfortunately it's so um, subjective yeah, what, what I'm saying is every single – they exclude that question and they assume everything is foul play because you can argue, argue negligence. Correct, absolutely. So then, then the framework sucks. 
because then it's any contact has to be yellow or red. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, that's where we've gotten and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But I think when you ask that initial question, was there foul play? But even that idea about what deems foul play, that's just, again, it's so subjective. Yeah, you look we, at and and you slow it uh, when you watch it live, and then you watch it slow down. And I know this builds into your narrative about TMOs, batting and everything. It's very hard to not think that it's foul play. That's the problem. Yeah, but I, I guess the point I was trying to make a bit optimistically is like I don't think the framework's that far off. No, I agree. I think we yeah. just need to rework that initial conversation. Anyway, Matt, I know you're pressed for time. So the last one, uh, the Tars, the felt like a coming out party for the Tars. They've they've got Hooper back. Um, they had Gordon back. They had their team sort of coming together now. Marky Mark has gone from probably the worst player in Super Rugby to a genuine, genuinely one of the better wingers in Australian rugby right now. Um, I think the the Tars are starting to look really, really good. Force obviously got smashed with COVID just before the game. Um, had a bunch of changes. Were caught on the hop, um, but then sort of after that initial blitz. Um, the force kind of were pretty strong the rest of the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't actually agree to your uh, your terminology of coming out party because the thing is, I understand putting 41 points on the board, but if you take away those uh, those early uh, those early exploits into the into the force, uh, you know, uh, 22, et cetera, the, the force dominated the game. If you look at territory and possession. That's what uh, I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm agreeing with you. Um, so uh, with that point, so, so therefore I don't think it is a coming out party. There's still the Tars need to be better. Don't get me wrong. I'm loving the fact that the Tars are, tr- that are, are actually competitive and winning games. But, you know, to only be having, you know, 38% uh, possession against a team that was massively hit by COVID, I don't think is, is still good enough. Especially I understand when you've got the better scrum too. Exactly. So I, I just feel like there's still, there still needs to be improvement, but we're moving in the right direction, which is which is a, 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 a positive. I'll um, tell you where the improvements can be. If you had Donaldson's exits, not Edmonds, but there yeah. wouldn't have been that there wouldn't have been that drama over territory. Mm-hmm. Um, get Parise the ball ever. Um, yeah. Would be a big improvement. I didn't know he's on the field. He's the new Newsom yeah, at the moment. I've said that a few. I feel, I feel like I've said this a few times on the podcast. He, he needs to find. Uh, they need to get him the ball, but he needs to find a bit more work as well. Because you're absolutely right. He, he is so dynamic when he gets his hands on the ball, but the Tars play so flat and so narrow at times. That uh, he, he's just never going to be that effective. Um, but I think it's also it's also a start. It's a change in mindset in a way. Again, you can tell me I'm wrong. Um, the Waratahs find it easier to defend. They, their their defence has been fabulous at times this year. They're they're well organised, well structured, and I think they find that easier rather than go through the phases and look to be expansive and stuff like that in attack. So still areas for for improve, but um, improve that they're pleased that they're they're, they're progressing. But it's under eight stuff, right? Who's your best player? Get him the ball. Get the footy in Parise's hands, mm. guys. Like, look, come on. Um, mm. The other one is uh, Peach. Get him out of the team, out of the state, and out of the country. The bloke is a bum. Um, <laughs> he sucks, mate. How was that passing just, through? That just was say outrageous. It. Yeah, just, just, um, just want to say, tell us how you really feel, George. Just, you know. Well, you know, you don't come to this podcast for, oh, they're all good teams. The guy sucks, mate. Get him out of the team. He's a bum. All right. Um, cool. And then I, I guess to our point, our greater point we were raising earlier, Fergus Lee Warner at the force, one of the best players in Australian Super Rugby this year, without a doubt, playing the house down, 
stiffed out of a Wallaby squad jersey, you could certainly make the argument he's going overseas as well. Yeah. Um, I think he's got British something as well. Um, so British, just, British something. Like in the family trees, just, just colonial you know, lineage somewhere. Great research, man. Great research. If it comes to you for all those pearls of wisdom, yeah. <laughs> but I just like what a huge blow for uh, the Western Force. Huge blow for the yeah. Western Force. No, it is, and an um, Australian rugby. I think it is, but um, it is a huge blow. But I'm just going to go to a bigger point about the Western Force. I think we got really excited about where they were heading. And again, this week is probably an aberration slightly because of the COVID issues. But we were excited by them at the beginning of the season about where they were heading. And I feel like they've gone back to their old way. So, you know, the next few weeks are going to be really important for the force. I think they're a season or two off being where we want them to be. So for them, it's how much of the team can they keep together um, I think signing Fainga is a huge start. If they stole Taniela Tupo, it's a very different team. Um, mm. I think there's still one or two centres short, and we're not so short of centres in this country. Mm. Um, Matt Ellie is probably their best player, uh, but th- uh, that depresses me. Mm. He's an ex-Crusader who looks a bit out of shape. He's probably been a form winger in Australian Super Rugby. Oh, and he, he, he does, by the way, from the second point. I know you love him, but uh, he does give away a lot of penalties as well. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle Godwin bringing up his 100. That crept up on us. Yeah, I know. Especially as he went overseas for a while as well, didn't he? He went over to Connacht, I think, as well. Yeah. Seems like a legend, but 100 games, you can count the memorable ones on one hand. I think I may <laughs> even less than one game for the Brummies he did a chip and chase I think it was alright so not even not even a game but just an aspect just one it's play bit, it's a bit harsh but like yeah right 100 good him on him and, uh, him, and, him and Peach are going to have a great chat this afternoon about you yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're all listening uh, yeah. and the other one I want to say about this game is uh, Marky Mark's intercept try it sensational love that shit just reminded me how the tap down is the dumbest rule in rugby union mm. it's so shit mate it just it just depends he right, drops look, that I, he gets sent off no but I think it, it, yeah it's just um, it's it's just the, again it's the subjective nature of it when someone just throws out a hand where they've got no attempt to catch it then I understand why that that's yellow card probably a pass yeah, but again, it's like, well, you can't just knock it out. Like, yeah, we're, I, I think we're in this one there isn't even an argument, and 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 the reason I feel so strongly about it is because it's not a rule in rugby league, and it's not a problem. Who gives a shit about rugby league, mate? Yeah, but you? what I'm saying, but people would be like, well, it could be negative. Players would abuse it. Well, we have a sample size of 50 games a weekend where it's not a problem. Um, and I know they're 10 metres further back in league and rugby's flat at the line, uh, but I don't reckon that's enough big, big enough mitigation. I think it's why I feel so strongly about that one because I can see what it would be like without the rule. Hang on, hang on. You feel so strongly about that one? Does that mean you don't feel really strongly about any of the other points? I like, feel strongly you know? about all of them. But on this one, I feel like I'm 100% right. Uh, so you're admitting with the red cards, then you're not 100% oh, right. I that's think- awesome. I think there's conversations to be had. No, 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 no. I'm I'm, I'm running with that, that you admit that you're not right. Awesome. That's great. Um, All right, mate. Well, we should get into the Super Rugby round, um, tipping for next 
and uh, tipping for next weekend, mm. um, who we think will win. What I would say about the tipping is Moana Pacifica stuffed me. I, I just, those Tuesday tips, I've never got them in. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, mm. it's totally ruined the tipping for me. And then um, I missed last week. Um, I think it was on painkillers and I forgot to tip, so it's ruined me. But I did get a text from my brother saying he's second in the competition, so he wanted a shout-out. Um, so, so first of all, then, if that's the case, then we know it's not a true reflection. Of yeah, knowledge, exactly. Right? He's a flanker. They don't know anything about rugby. Oh, um, I, actually, actually, hang on. Yes, no, I, I take that back. He knows a lot. Good job. They, just, they just put their head in dirty places, man. Um, don't, don't run away from contact, eh? All right, Super Rugby round next weekend, all down in Melbourne, which should be great because you've got all these Super Rugby teams here, which mm. I think is awesome because you'll have more players than you will fans. Or lots of space. Um, it'll have a real sort of uh, good hangout feel for the boys. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got kind of to socially distance in the, in the crowd, you know, have a row each. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. God, I hope some people show up. There's some Kiwis, mate. They love it. Hopefully yeah, they no. show up. Um, all right, should we kick off? I don't have the lines here because we're gymless, but without gym, much like my health routine at the moment. Um, but first up, we have Chiefs Tars. First of all, that was a very good play on words, well Um uh, And I just want to know, are you actually going to um, pick any Aussie teams? I just well, want to we'll, know. We'll, we'll hang on, hang on. No, no, no. Just before you even look at it, are you going to? I haven't, I haven't actually seen who's playing who. Uh, Reds okay. and Brumbies, I'll get close, I reckon. Uh, but Chiefs, Tars, I can give you the line as well, Richard, but on in head-to-head, who are you on? Uh, Chiefs. Obviously, the line is 18 points. Oh, I take the Tars. Take the Tars. Yeah, At 18 points? At 18 points? That's a, it's too many, man. Yeah, I think that's free money. I reckon the bookies are looking at Tars' first Kiwi sides last year. Yeah. Um, which was 18 points in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, next one, Moana Pacifica, Western Force, even money. This game, Richard, head-to-head, probably about right, I would say. Uh, do you know what? Depending on the COVID situation, uh, well, let's go with the Force just. Oh, Richard, sticking with the Aussie boys, I like it. Uh, yeah, for this one, it, it, I almost need the, the teams named yeah. to see who's missing because both teams are copying it with COVID and yeah. injury. Um, but everyone fit, I reckon I'm with you on the force. Mm. Um, all right, mate, Blues Drua. Can I just say, before you go to Blues Drua, I love the fact, by the way, that the Drua are playing the Tars the, the, in the Super W in on the, on the weekend as well. Um, obviously, the uh, the Drua beat the Tars for the first time, broke their twenty one game run. So I love the fact that the Super Rugby Union included in this round as well, like down at uh, down at Melbourne. Uh, but in terms of going to the Blues, well, Drua, just on on the Super W, I'm kicking myself for for not getting around it more. I just haven't had the time this year. But it's a great product, and and I watched the Drua um, Tars game. Um, it's the only game I've actually caught in full this year. It was freaking awesome, mate. That, mm. that Drua. Female side is off the charts. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't see them losing from the brief snippet that I've watched. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely sitting down to watch that one this weekend. But in the men's, Richard, Blues Drua. Ah, uh, Blues. The line is 31 points. I will take the 31 points. <laughs> so I. <laughs> it's a sure thing. All right, this could be a belter. Canes, Reds. 
Okay. So to, to, to build off your point earlier on where you said that there is an internal struggle right now, I feel like it's going to uh, reach a point this, this weekend and the Canes are going to win it quite comfortably. I reckon one of two things are happening at Queensland. One, it's a Chris yeah, Doran beat-up and they've been building their season to peak for the Kiwi competition and it's all going to come together for the Reds and they're the, the big hope in Australian rugby. Or you are absolutely right and the reason they haven't fired this season is because there is infighting uh, and it's it's rearing its ugly head in the media right now and it's not going to be pretty for them. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I'm going to go the Reds. Can you hear the oh. false desperation in my voice? Oh, I can, I can, man. I so can. we're going to pray. It, it is uh, eight and a half points. Would you still take the Canes? Yeah, I think I would. Yes, but like eight and a half, eight and a half points is not that much. Like trying a trying a penalty. It's like it's not that much. Mm. All right, next one. This could be close. Oh, I know where my money is. Highlanders Brumbies. That the Brumbies have to win this, and if they don't, it shines a real light on the disparity in quality between the two conferences. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on there, Richard. Um, does anyone know? I'm, like anyone else could answer, um, but is um, uh, Lolasia back? Don't know. I'd have to wait and see the teams later on. Because I think that's I, huge. I think Iona, whatever his name is, is is really good. He'd be a fantastic first-grade player. He's got all the skills. He just does it all very slowly. Um, mm. I think they're missing the, the speed and professionalism of Lolisio massively. Um, the Brumbies have looked a bit shite the last few weeks, a bit uh-huh. shite indeed. Um, I hope resting players having a bye that they are just brewing for an ambush here. Who have you got, Richard? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with the Brumbies. I think. Um, what's the What's the line? Uh, Highlanders are favoured by five and a half. Really favoured? Wow. Um, I'd still go the Brumbies. Um, I'd still go the Brumbies. Adjust. Well, you're getting, much, so. getting six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. So I'm still getting. I'm still going the Brumbies. Um. I hope so. I think it's a very important game, right? If the Reds mm. lose to the Canes, there's a little bit of, well, the Canes are pretty strong and mm. there's a bit doing at Reds headquarters right now. The Brumbies can't lose this one. Could you imagine if the Force Brumbies and Reds all won? Yeah, but I could also imagine the reverse of that occurring too. I think it's much more likely, Richard. <laughs> Um, and then um, the last one for the loyal Melbourne fans who've stayed around and watched all these games, they're going to watch their boys take, take on the Crusaders. Yeah, build to a crescendo, eh? Who <laughs> thought that through? <laughs> what pigeon sat down and thought, I've got it. <laughs> Let's go to Melbourne where no one watches rugby and then we'll have a fair few close games and then we'll end it with our homeboys getting absolutely gutter stomped by the best rugby team in the world who lost last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's so, cruel. I know. <laughs> uh, the line is 28 and a half points. Mm, Double still, it. I'm still taking the 28. I'm <laughs> still taking the Crusaders. Oh, oh, dear. Jesus, what Nostradamus thought of that? Holy moly. Um, all right, mate, anything else you'd like to add? 
No, good to have you back, mate. And um, looking forward to actually a great game of a uh, great round of rugby. And as much as it's in um, it's in Melbourne, which isn't great, but I love the fact it's back to back. Great time slots, and um, hopefully we'll see some great rugby play. I mean, and I'm looking. You know, we always you mentioned it at the beginning, Aussie Conference, New Zealand Conference, that first cross Tasman uh, competition excites me. Can't wait, mate. Can't wait. Nice to talk to you. Um, right. and we'll have Jim back from Singapore next week. All right. Awesome. Thanks, mate.